Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Press the button, my friend. The Outbound Show is live, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check it out. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, live in the Bank Plus studio. Blake Scott filling in for Bo Bounds as we talk NFL football with the man himself, Steve Palazzolo, pro football focus, senior analyst, pff.com. You can check out the PFF podcast that Steve and the crew do. And, of course, you can check out all their fantasy work. I certainly do. Uh, it helps sometimes. I'm still not great. But it does, it does better than me by myself. So we're going to go to the Yingling Lager guest line, the Out of Bounds Show, powered by the award-winning Yingling Lager and the Yingling Lager guest line. We're going to go to Steve Palazzolo. And, Steve, before we jump into the NFL, because I have plenty of NFL topics to talk about, I hit a topic earlier that I just want to get your thoughts on. In the year 2022, is it okay to leave the house without your cell phone? Oh, man. I mean, it's not. It's probably not good for your uh, mental state, right? You, we're all addicted to this thing. So, more power to you if you can. But no, you probably you probably need to have it with you. That's right. I I had to go pick up my mother. I went to her house, and she had gone to the neighbor's house without her cell phone, and I had to wait 15 minutes for her to show back up. I had no idea where she was. I told people I thought thought aliens had abducted her. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, How do you not yeah, have your I mean, cell phone? Yeah, you got to stay connected. Exactly. It's a it's a different generation, Steve. I know. I know you're old, but you're not that old, so it's a different generation. <laughs> Steve yeah, Palazzolo on, on the Yingling Lager guest line, pro football focus. All right, I have so many things to talk about, but I want to start with kind of a conceptual thought. NFL offenses are down. They're down this year kind of at a weird rate. I, I saw a stat where it's uh, our worst offensive outing through six weeks in 13 years or something like that. It, what's going on in the NFL? Is it a fluctuation of talent of coaching are we in a weird spot what is it where we are seeing so many primetime games and nfl games with bad offensive outputs yeah i think as always it's you know it's a combination of things because you've got some quarterbacks like a russell wilson maybe declining um so you might you know there might be some lesser quarterback talent than there's been in the past overall or lesser quarterback play but I think the NFL defensively is is adjusting and just taking away explosive plays. You know, last year was a season where the NFL trended toward a little bit more zone coverage, uh, forcing teams to throw the ball underneath a bit more. And they're doing that at an even more extreme level this year. You know, the narrative against uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs was, you know, just, just put two, set, two safeties high and make him be patient and throw underneath and that's really what the NFL is doing to a lot of quarterbacks this year. And I think it's taken away some of those explosive plays. So you get, it feels to me like it's a harder hitting game because you have shorter passes. You have guys, uh, you know, waiting, you know, eyes on the quarterback and then, you know, coming up to tackle. So I think it's just a slightly different game, a shorter passing game this year. 
and the defenses are just playing better than they have in recent seasons in combination with maybe the quarterback plays down from, from where it's been in previous seasons. All right, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, senior analyst on the Yingling Lager guest line. You can follow him, PFF underscore Steve on Twitter for all your NFL insight. So if offenses are down, partially, I, I, I get that we're going to have quarterback fluctuation, right? You're going to have groups of classes come in and out. It does feel like there's been a lot of names that we thought were going to be better, that, that they haven't been as good over recent years, and, and you've had some guys leave the league as well. So I get QB plays down, and I also get that the NFL and college football works in cycles where offenses can take an advantage and then defenses will learn and react over time, and then they might have a small advantage. So that brings me to my next question. Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan in the NFL, and Lane Kiffin in college. I think this is the next wave of innovative offense. We've gone through the passing innovation in the passing game. I think running game innovation is the next wave of offense, and it's where the next young, hot-shot offensive guys are going to continue to separate themselves from other play callers. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think the pass game is always going to be more efficient than the run game, but I think that's the you – know, I, I think we're already starting to see some of that. It's not, it's not crazy because you do see run game innovation is about uh, winning the numbers game a lot of the time, you know, mixing up run concepts, getting guys into space, winning the box count, using the quarterback as a runner as much as you can. And we are seeing elements of that at the NFL level with Jalen Hurts being such a big part of the run game and what the Ravens have done with Lamar Jackson the last couple of years. You know, the Bills tapping into it now with Josh Allen, Giants and Daniel Jones. So, yeah, I think, I think there, that's a part of it. And, and, and here's the other thing. Because of the quarterback play, where there, there isn't really a distinct top ten these top 10 quarterbacks or top eight quarterbacks are just better than everyone else. The rest of the NFL is looking for ways to just maximize what they have. So when you are, say, the Giants and you have Daniel Jones, you're just maximizing his skill set. Part of it's him as a runner, and you just have to find a way to win. And they're tapping into creativity in the run game. So I think there's elements to that. You know, you've got 32 different teams, and most of them are not going to have an elite quarterback, so they have to find ways to win and try to steal value in the run game. I don't think it's crazy, uh, but at the same time, I also think it's still going to be a, a pass-first league. So I kind of agree. I could see that, but still have to put those points on the board through the pass game. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, Senior Analyst on the Yingling Lager Guest Line. This is the Out of Bounds Show live in the Bank Plus studio. All right, Steve, well, let's talk about some of these quarterbacks and some of the, the interesting things going on around the league. Let's start in the NFC East. Because I think the NFC East is is the most intriguing conference, and I can't believe I'm saying I'm I don't think I'm being biased when I say this. You've got the Eagles undefeated, which hello nobody saw that coming at this point. The only undefeated team in the league, that's a crazy storyline. You've got the Giants, whose pass game reminds me of like a 1980s triple option team. I mean, it's awful, and yet they're winning games and they're beating teams that we think are good I say in question marks with the pass the Packers and then you have the Cowboys who navigated no Dak Prescott about as well as you can navigate losing a starting quarterback so let's start there Dak Prescott's supposed to be back this weekend what do you expect from Dak and the Cowboys this weekend as he comes back from this thumb injury yeah I mean with Dak specifically there could be some rustiness you know it's been it's been a little bit he was a little rusty coming back last year from the gap injury but 
there were, I don't want to say there were people calling for Cooper Rush to start. I think the, the, the world is big enough that you could find anybody with an opinion on anything. I don't think people really believed Cooper Rush was going to be the starter over Dak Prescott, but he did a really nice job. And then on Sunday night against a good team, you saw Cooper Rush's limitations, the arm strength and, you know, having, having to play from behind and all that fun stuff. So uh, Dallas, is, Dallas should be better offensively. Yeah, they've done a great job defensively, obviously, just uh, keeping themselves in games, rushing the passer, Mike Parsons being out of this world. So, yeah, Dallas should be more effective offensively. It should be a lot better than what we saw from Dak the last time around, opening night on Sunday Night Football. So I expect Dallas to be, you know, they'll win some games, and and people are going to say, hey, this is a, this is a Super Bowl contender because their offense is good and their defense is potentially elite. So I expect them to, to be better with maybe a little bit of rust for Dak in the, in the first week or two. Awesome. Okay, let's stay in the NFC East then. Let's go to the Giants because this one's weird to me as well. The Giants passing game, if it exists, it's bad. It may not exist. I don't know. Yet they are winning. Is this Brian Dayball? Is this luck of the draw and some things bouncing your way? What What's going on that New York sits here with one loss and yet, I mean, is is one of the least dynamic passing games in the league. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a little bit of luck involved. There's uh, there's aggressiveness, and it, a lot of times for the Giants, it's been they just kind of hang tough, and then it's one play here or there where they where they make a play. Week one, they go for two and beat the Titans. You know, they go for two instead of tying it up, beat the Titans, and Titans miss a field goal to win it. They beat the Packers on a couple batted passes with when Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are driving for the game-winning score. I think the defense has done a really nice job. They're aggressive. They blitz. It's Wink Martindale, the guy that came from Baltimore. So they're, they've been very aggressive and just put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks and made them uh, make tight window throws. And then, you know, last week, same thing with the, with the Ravens. The Ravens had that game. They had it in hand. There's a bad snap, and Lamar Jackson made a bad decision. Now, the Giants took advantage of it, but that was Lamar taking a bad snap, rolling out, throwing the ball back across his body into coverage. Terrible decision. And the Giants capitalized, pick it off, and end up scoring. So I think it's a lot of just playing teams tough, playing them tough, and then making plays at the end. I don't know how, you know, <laughs> replicable that is. I don't know how much you could just say, hey, this is how we play football. At some point, you got to score more points. But so far, they've been opportunistic, and they've made key plays down the stretch. And I think you have to credit the coaching, Brian Dable, and what they've done there in New York. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, senior analyst on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. If you have a question for Steve, you can let us know on the Ag Up Equipment text line, 601-885-3776. All right, let's jump to another quarterback that is, I don't know, I don't know what I don't know what to make of what's going on in Denver. Is Nathaniel Hackett the worst play caller we've ever seen? Is Russell Wilson not just a shell of himself, but literally did he forget how to play football? Was Pete Carroll right in moving off Russ? Did he know something that none of us knew? What's going on with Russell Wilson? Is is this a one year issue or is this issues that we were ma- that were masked in Seattle are becoming ever more apparent in Denver? All of the above. Again, I mean, it's the, the offense is just painful to watch right now. Russ is not anything uh, – it doesn't look like what he used to. And coming into the season, I, I did think, hey, we, we have to look back to the last year and a half. And over the last year and a half, 
Russell Wilson hasn't played great football since, you know, the middle of 2020, uh, most of 2021. I know he had a finger injury and the whole thing, but his play had dropped off. And I was already wondering, okay, why, why was that the case? And I think we're seeing this year, he showed signs of this last year as well. Movement skills, just not what they were. So when you see Russ breaking out of the pocket and everything, it's, it's not as – I'm kind of holding my breath because I think he's going to get crushed. Right, it's not. It's not like oh, Russell's breaking out of the pocket. Good luck trying to catch him. It's like oh no, he's going to get caught, and he's going to get hit, or he's not going to make that special throw that he used to make. So the special stuff isn't there with Russell Wilson, and then the issues that he had in Seattle, which is working within structure and just making good reads and hitting underneath throws. Same thing, right? That that was always an issue in Seattle, but he made up for it with his spectacular plays. So it's a combination of all those things, and then you've got Nathaniel Hackett who early in the year definitely seemed like he was a little over his head, didn't have the game management stuff down. He's calling plays and trying to manage the game. So the whole thing just looks like a bit of a mess right now in Denver. But I think the, the heart of it is they have to figure out a way to get Russell Wilson to play better. He, he's not playing at the same level he was before. Is it injury? Is it they're trying to do stuff that he's not comfortable with, that Seattle was you know familiar with for 10 years? They have to figure that out because they're locked up. Russell's locked up to like 2026. They can't get out of that contract for four years without a massive financial penalty. So they have to figure it out sooner rather than later. Yeah, as Eli Manning so eloquently quipped on the Manning cast a couple weeks ago, they should have paid their punter all those hundreds of millions of dollars instead of Russell Wilson. Steve Palazzolo (laughs) on the Yingling Lager guest line. We're talking NFL and the uh, craziness of the season. It is a weird one, to say the least. Offenses are down. Uh, quarterback play might be a little bit in sporadic, a little bit inconsistent around the league, but it's been a fun season nonetheless. Let's go to another franchise that we're very familiar with and is <laughs> struggling, to say the least, at the quarterback position. They play tonight the New Orleans Saints. They've started, well, I guess they didn't start Taysom Hill. They've played three different guys at the quarterback position in varying snaps over the year. Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill. It looks like it's Andy Dalton again tonight. They're missing Jarvis Landry. They're missing Michael Thomas. Supposed to get Chris Olave back. Alvin Kamara still kind of in and out of the lineup throughout the year. Give me your kind of bird's eye view on the Saints, where they sit, and where they could actually end up in playoff contention because the Bucks look bad in that league too. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the Bucks will still eventually pull away in the South, but the Saints, Saints have been disappointing. You mentioned some of the injuries for tonight. That's obviously a factor when all of your receivers are hurt. You've got offensive linemen hurt. Last week missing Marshawn Lattimore, I think, really, really hurt them in the secondary. And, you know, they, but they, they still had a chance to win against the Bengals. Then, you know, two, two broken tackles by Jamar Chase and a 50 plus yard touchdown in, in that game's over. So, um, the Saints have been just too inconsistent defensively, uh, whether it's a missed tackle problem. The pass rush was good last week. That was really the first week they really got home, and it still didn't matter. So they went from a, you know, they went from a team that is that makes life difficult for opposing quarterbacks to we just don't have that. We just don't have that right now. So Saints defensively struggling. Offensively, I know it's Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. It's been uneven quarterback play, but it's not hasn't been terrible. I think the injury's caught up there. And then you randomly get like a Taysom Hill game like two weeks ago where the guy just goes off for 100-plus yards on the ground and does all this great stuff. 
So they, they have to figure out their balance. How much of Taysom Hill do you want to get involved? How do you make up for the wide receiver losses? And defensively, they have to, you know, that was Dennis Allen's thing. They have to get better at what they're doing in the secondary, where it is in previous years. Marcus Williams back there, slightly different path. They did a, they did a really nice job of playing championship-level defense, I think, for, for much of the season, and they just don't have that right now. Interesting. Steve Palazzolo on the Yingling Lager Guest Line, Pro Football Focus Senior Analyst. This is the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. You can stream us online at thezone1059.com or, of course, anywhere on the Out of Bounds Radio app. Steve, I, I look, you mentioned the Bengals, and outside of the Bills, really, a lot of good teams have been inconsistent. I mean, the Bengals, even the Chiefs, have not been as dynamic as you, as we are used to. And now the Dolphins are going to get Tua Tungavaloa back. Who, which teams around the, the league has have started slow, have had inconsistent starts through six weeks, and you look at them and you say, hey, that's not only a playoff contender, but that's a deep run playoff contender as long as you know they don't have a catastrophic injury. Yeah, I, I tend to lean toward the teams that I believed in before. So whether it's the Bucks at three and three, I mean they they've absolutely disappointed because they should have they should have waxed the Steelers last week and they didn't. Um, but I still yeah, how do you Bucks lose? The- how do you lose to Trubisky and Pickett at the same time? I mean, good. Not to interrupt, but like that game, I thought before, Tom Brady was going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> he was. Yeah, he was upset. I mean, look, they, they, you give up third and longs. You give up ridiculous third and longs. You drop touchdowns. They've just been so inconsistent in the red zone. And that's one of those reasons why I think they'll come back, uh, you know, as far as Tampa Bay goes. Uh, red zone woes will will reverse course at some point this season, and they'll find their rhythm offensively. The Ravens are a tough one to peg. They set a record for six, um, six straight games with at least a 10-plus point lead, but they've lost three of them. That's never happened in NFL history, so – I don't know how you how you look at teams collapsing the way the Ravens do and think. I look at it and think, okay, they won't collapse every time, but the fact that they're you know in all those games and dominant for portions of the games make me think they're a better team. I think the Bengals will will find their footing. They've started slow just because once again, I think the NFL is adjusting to them offensively. And in Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they look they look horrendous right now offensively, but. I think all those teams that have been there before have good enough quarterbacks. At some point, the cream rises to the top when it comes to the quarterback position, and I think those teams that are all three and three, they're they're going to be in the playoff hunt and in the picture at the end and have a chance to to make a run. So you don't think Aaron Rodgers has taken a step back, a la Russell Wilson? Not to the same degree, but do you do you believe Aaron Rodgers is is just playing poorly, or are we seeing actual regression in Aaron Rodgers' play? I, I don't think Rodgers is playing as well as he has in recent years, but I don't, there's nothing physical about him. There's nothing – it's not like he's missing more throws or not seeing the field well. I, I think a lot of it's his receiver situation. And, and similar to Brady, Brady, again, he's not playing at the same level as he was maybe the last two years, but there's nothing physical about the way Brady's playing where you're like, oh, there it is. You know, it, it's easy to say 45-year-old's getting old, but – there's nothing physical to, to, to show that. There, yeah. there is something physical with Russell Wilson where it looks different. Right? He's not getting the ball down the field. He's not moving well. So I think there is a difference in what Brady and Rodgers look like right now definitely compared to Russ. Okay, interesting. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus Senior Analyst on the Out of Bounds Show. You can check out the PFF podcast. 
And of course, check out their fantasy work. I, I enjoy listening to Ian Hartitz and the crew over there with the PFF Fantasy Group as well. All right, last question. I got a couple minutes here in the SEC Insider Hit. We're live on 105.9 The Zone, WRKS. Carolina, 1-5. They fired Matt Rule. They're looking at shopping Christian McCaffrey. I don't know what return on investment you can get on that at this point. Arizona, 2-4. and four. The Cardinals, Kyler Murray, doesn't look good for Cliff Kingsbury. Washington, the Commanders, Ron Rivera, year three. They're 2-4. and four. Just lost Carson Wentz. It doesn't look good for the Commanders as well. Are there teams on your radar where you go, hey, kind of looks like there might be an opening when we get to the end of the season at this group uh, outside of Carolina, who's already fired Matt Rule? Well, yeah, Arizona is definitely the interesting one there, right? It's it's year four of Cliff Kingsbury plus Kyler Murray. And at a high level, they had gotten better every single season. And this year, they're not. So unless they flip the script and turn it around, you could see some turnover in Arizona for sure. Uh, Washington's definitely an interesting one because, you know, two years ago, Ron Rivera didn't have a great roster. And it was like, hey, they won the NFC East with their seven wins or whatever it was. So it felt like they might have a coaching advantage going forward. We haven't seen that in the NFC East at all Mm-mm. in Washington. So Fool's goal. Um, it, and it's, yeah, it, it, and it's also crazy in Denver that Nathaniel Hackett, almost like Urban Meyer, Nathaniel Hackett felt like he could be a one-and-done coach within a week of, of seeing him as a coach. I mean, Urban Meyer looked like he was overwhelmed in preseason last year, and it turned out to be the truth. With Hackett, you have a really good defense in Denver. That's the they're they're missing out right now on having one of the best defenses in the league. He's an offensive guy. The offense looks terrible. The game management had issues earlier on. So Hackett might be under fire at the end of the year if Denver doesn't turn it around. All right, I, I like all those answers, and they were all kind of things that I like. You said if you've if you've got your finger on the pulse, it certainly looks that way. I wonder if Houston will move on from Lovey Smith, given they just fired Jack Easterberry. Easterby and nobody listening knows who that is, but he ran the Texans and had been hired out of the Patriots organization. So maybe Lovey Smith was kind of a stopgap to get through the Deshaun Watson stuff, and they're going to move on there. All of that being said, you may not have an answer to this, but I got to ask because it's it's the prime topic around kind of Mississippi. Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, that weird stint at the Raiders. I can't really blame him. Al Davis probably should have never hired him at that point. But you don't not take the job if you're Lane Kiffin. He's a different person. We have analytics guys who say what he's done the last six years is insane. He's one of the best coaches in the country. Do you think Lane Kiffin translates to the NFL? Yeah, I, I feel like he's he's kind of earned another shot. And Lane's fascinating. I saw somebody describe it one time that if you just looked at Lane Kiffin's career upside down, it makes more sense. You know, instead of starting with the Raiders and then going to USC and then. Uh, and then Bama coordinator at FAU, whatever the order was, it makes way more sense, right? But he started at the top and almost worked his way down, and he's working his way back up. So I, I could absolutely see Lane Tiffin be in the mix because he's shown that he can grow. And it, it, Josh McDaniels just dealt with this. He's a different coach than he was back in 2010 when he took over the Broncos. So Or 2000, whatever, uh, 09 or 10, whatever it was. So, yeah, I, I could see Lane Tiffin absolutely getting a shot because he's older, more mature, and he's succeeded everywhere in, in recent years here. All right, there you go. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus. He says, book it, Lane Train to the NFL. I love it, Steve. Appreciate <laughs> it, man. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. We'll talk next week. All right, thanks, Blake. Appreciate it.
Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, senior analyst, PFF.com. Go check them out. If you play fantasy football, if you're an NFL guy, if you're NFL girl, whatever it might be, you got to check out PFF.com. It's fantastic content. And you can follow Steve on Twitter at PFF underscore Steve. Coming up on the other side, we're going to talk about the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame class. Some interesting names in there. We're going to hit that and more. And we'll have a special guest at 930, the Out of Bounds Show, live in the Bank Plus studio. It's a Tito's Thirsty Thursday. Stick with us. Hour three coming up next. 